You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back. And better than last time, we hope it is draft week. We dropped an episode, uh, I believe it was yesterday. Uh, just give you a brief taste, but we're going to go to our, I guess, now annual mock draft. Alex and myself will be going in real time. We haven't made these picks. It's just going to be as they come off the board and how we see fit. We'll alternate picks and uh, we'll see where this goes. Don't really remember how many we hit on last year, but we seem to enjoy it. Hopefully you do too. Oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers got traded. So we got that going for us. But before we get to the football, NBA, been falling playoffs since, since the series have started and, it, and it's been pretty entertaining. For the most part, uh, last night I have to say, been watching, you know, basketball for a long time, almost as much as the NFL, probably longer actually. Last night's performance in Miami, Jimmy Butler, who is one of these guys that's like on the cusp, you know, he's like one of these guys. He's a star, but is he a superstar? Nobody really regards him as that. But my God, he put that team on his back last night. And he carried them home. They are the eighth seed. Okay. They were lucky to get in. They lost their first game in the play-in. And then one eighth seed, they're up three-one on the Bucks, which I'm sure you all know by now. But just that performance last night, he ends up with like 56 points. It wasn't even the number of points, but just the magnitude when he was scoring them, clutch shots three-pointers, getting to the basket, free throws. He carried that team. Didn't look like anybody was really wanting to take a shot, and he more than willingly took them. And he's, uh, you know, Giannis is, is kind of lame at this point. He, he, he's hurt. He's not a, not quite 100% or 90, even 90% doesn't seem like. And that team just seems like they got old in a hurry. Middleton isn't quite what he was. You got Joe Ingles. I mean, it's Drew – Holiday and it's Giannis. I don't know if they're going to come back and win this. They'd have to win three in a row. It just doesn't look like a team that's ready to do that. And then the, the late game, unapologetically a Lakers fan, as long as I've been a Chiefs fan. So kind of picked my teams and stuck with them and had a, a great ride, you know, through the tail end of Wilt Chamberlain and Jerry West, then getting Kareem and then Magic came and Worthy and the, and the gang. And it just showtime was just just kind of nuts and then kobe comes along and kobe and Shaq, and you have that okay this is great and then you go through the kobe and pow and got a couple of championships there again with, with phil jackson but uh, have not fully embraced the lebron era if i'm being honest here and i am being honest but i still you know it's the lakers are on i'm gonna watch and they get me excited enough to say hey you know maybe they got a chance here i think won that championship in the bubble and, and that was great two month break or whatever for LeBron and AD was a great recipe for success. But anyway, here we are and LeBron did LeBron things last night in the fourth quarter and overtime, just because AD isn't quite ready to be that guy on a consistent basis. At times he looks like a world beater, like a top three player in the league. And it's like, this team has got championship caliber. They made those trades at the trade deadline. You know, 
D'Lo, Vanderbilt. I mean, these guys are really playing. I mean, they're, they're starters. They're getting big minutes. Uh, D'Angelo hit three three-pointers in the fourth quarter to kind of keep them in the game when Davis wasn't doing it. But LeBron kind of took over at the end. Uh, it was great to see at his age to be able to do that. I think it was his first 2020 game in the playoffs ever. And that's even you know a unicorn thing because – you rarely see guys get more than like 15 rebounds in a game anymore. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of go on that NBA rant right now and see where things are. Uh, Sacramento Golden State has been very highly entertaining. All the games have been great. So we're going to look at two of the best offensive teams in the league and they're going head to head and there is some defense being played. They're, these guys are just highly skilled offensive teams. Hate to see De'Aaron Fox going out. Uh, Golden State, quite frankly, has been to be a 2-2, but they made the plays when they had to, and um, hey, Sacramento didn't down the stretch. So here we are, Alex. I don't know. I don't know how much NBA you've been watching, but uh, it's highly entertaining, especially the first round of the playoffs. Well, I agree with you. The NBA playoffs kind of turn it up a notch, and uh, especially the the first round series, they can be very entertaining. I've been watching... I haven't been watching basketball playoffs at all. I've been watching the NHL playoffs. I guess that that's where my focus has been. But I really, you know, enjoyed that synopsis. I mean, I enjoyed that, you know, the uh, how you summed it all up. And I'm glad that you're enjoying the NBA playoffs right now. Hey, it's if the if the Lakers can can kind of give me another ride at this stage of the game, it's all it's all gravy and uh, it's kind of frustrating sometimes with AD. Uh, and I I think we mentioned this off off the the air here where it seems like AD and Joel Embiid are like in a in a, in a competition to see how many who can fall the most during a game and still continue to play. It's just every time he goes up for a shot or a rebound, you almost have to cringe because he's landing on people. He's all arms and legs. And so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But anyway, the A-Rod deal finally got done yesterday. Uh, it happened, I guess, at, at a strange time. I think everybody was looking for it to happen, you know, maybe when the Jets were on the clock or you know coming up to the, the 13th pick but in retrospect the way they've discussed it now with them doing an adjusted contract for Aaron so Green Bay can get a little bit less or get a little bit more cap relief and just the timing of the whole thing they had to almost do it early this week and uh, you know you, you can say the Jets gave up too much or the Jets or, or uh, Green Bay fleeced them for a guy that didn't want to play there anymore. I don't know. Either way, I think both teams got what they wanted. I think this uh, regime of the Packers wanted to get Jordan Love on the field. They want to see what they have. Uh, they're ready to move on. They drafted him. So, hey, let's get him out there. We can get some of this money off our books we'll get some picks in return and they certainly did I, I don't know I mean do you come down any differently on the compensation and, and how this all went down congratulations to the Jets and their tortured fan base okay because they got a Super Bowl MVP they got a four-time NFL MVP I think they're they they've missed the playoffs 12 straight seasons that will likely come to an end 
in 2023. I mean, you couldn't go into the season with Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White. It's just, let's get real here. You had an NFL caliber defense last year in 2022. That was a playoff defense. They had a running game with Brees Hall going before he got injured. Once he recovers, they'll have that running game again. And then they've got those pass catchers. I mean, Garrett Wilson, they've got some weapons. Corey Davis with the Jets. And I mean, you can spread the ball around. They've signed a couple of guys that have played with Aaron Rodgers before that are familiar with this offense. So hallelujah. I mean, the praise goes to the Jets. Do I think they gave up a lot? Yes, but they had to do this. Okay, you swap those first round picks. You give up uh, a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, a conditional 2024 second-round pick that will eventually become a first-round pick. I hope Aaron Rodgers plays for a couple of seasons. That It's not only going to be for, for this inaugural 2023 season. But you got what you wanted, Lou. I mean, you were asking yourself the question, like, is he going to follow in Brett Favre's footsteps? Well, hell yeah, he did. And, and this is what he wants. Aaron in the Big Apple. Yeah, I mean, you can't script this any better. I mean, the, uh, the Jets have not had a, a, I don't know that they've really had a true superstar player in forever. I mean, he's going to, I think he just walking in with the accolades, what he's accomplished immediately becomes maybe the biggest star they've ever had. I mean, short of Namath and what he did. So, yeah, going back to Broadway, Joe, I mean, that's just stuff of legend. We're not going to compare the two. And even Aaron is not going to wear number 12 in deference to Joe Namath, which was a really class move. He's going to wear number eight that he wore at Cal. Neither here nor there. Bottom line is the Jets are now relevant and we talked about this a little bit earlier as far as uh, television games. The Jets are going to have, you know, five or six primetime games automatically. I mean, the game, you know, you got games against the Bills twice. You got games against the Dolphins twice. They've got the Chiefs this year. They play the NFC East. My goodness, there's going to be a ton of eyeballs on this team not that there already wasn't going to be but they're going to be on tv a lot there's going to be a lot of pressure on this team hopefully they live up to it and they can kind of make their way through the the afc east but the afc is going to be no joke the one thing that did surprise me is the qualifier for the conditional pick is all he has to do is play 65 percent of the plays this year regardless if he is on the you know on the team or contracted into the following year so that was the only part that was kind of iffy but otherwise hey you've got this draft capital for a reason it's currency you use it the way the, the best way to build your team uh, they weren't going to get a you know what an Aaron Rodgers at pick number 13 and and they've got a young quarterback that they're sitting there with anyway so they, i don't know if they were going to take another one so here we go jets fans i think you got to be pretty fired up hopefully it's more than one season hopefully and uh again they have a real quarterback now and they've got a great team a very good supporting cast he's he's not gonna have to do it alone what a lot of the times he had to do it with the packers he didn't have the defense he didn't have the running game but I think that the Jets are, again, they, they return a very good defense. They're going to have a running game. And he's got, you know, a passing attack that 
he didn't have with the Packers. I mean, he always made uh, no-name guys look good. In this case, you've got Garrett Wilson, the Offensive Rookie of the Year. So there's there's a lot to be excited about, and I'm sure Aaron is – he's going to be motivated, and I'm sure he's going to be motivated, and this is almost like it's going to give him some life going to the, into the season. Absolutely. And they, you know, they brought in a couple of his buddies, you know, Lazard for sure. So, and uh, you've got Hackett there coaching him and they're not done. I wouldn't be surprised if Randall Cobb didn't come in to kind of round things out as far as that receiving core goes. Not that he's gonna make a huge difference, but I think it'll just be more comfortable for Aaron. And uh, let's face it, Randall Cobb's his guys. So he's going to you know he's gonna uh, cape for him to come to come to New York. All right, so here we go. It's gonna come fast and furious, gang. Thirty-one picks, um, no trades. Uh, we didn't want to go get into the weeds too much as far as that goes, but we certainly think that there's going to be plenty of action, especially at the top of the draft uh, in the first round. So, without further ado, I will be taking the odd number picks. Alex will be taking the even. And uh, yeah, Carolina runs up to the runs to the podium with the card, and it's uh, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, number one. All right, number two, I've got the the tough pick right now. It's the Houston Texans. There's been a lot of uh, it, it, there's been a lot of talk that they're not going to take a quarterback at number two. That it's going to be a defensive player. It's going to be an edge player. You know, we've seen some mock drafts out there. People that are being connected and they're releasing it and they're saying it's either Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. I'm not buying it. Okay, I'm I'm not buying it. There's no way Houston can risk it by taking a defensive player at number two just because you think D'Amico Ryans is going to get his Nick Bosa here and then come back at 12 and take a quarterback. It's too much of a risk here. So I say Houston stays put at number two, and they are going to take a quarterback. Okay? I don't know which one it's going to be. We've heard a lot of smoke around. <laughs> well, you're going to have to make a pick here. I am. So. I am. I, I'm going to do it. I, I don't know just which quarterback it's going to be, honestly. But there's been a lot of smoke around C.J. Stroud, and I'm not buying it either, okay? It, like, he has good tape. He had a great game against Georgia. He's an accurate quarterback. So I, I'm going to have Houston Texans taking C.J. Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State. Okay, so Arizona. So obviously, at this point, if Houston hasn't didn't trade out, Arizona certainly is is looking to trade out trade out of this pick. Maybe not if they stick, which is what we're doing today. To me, I don't think you go wrong with Will Anderson. I think Will Anderson is the pick a hundred times out of a hundred here, and unless they trade, of course. But uh, Will Anderson, roll tide. I love the pick. I, I just think a lot of people are like second guessing. It's like with pass rushers, it's about being productive. And when you have a guy like that, I mean, the last three seasons, he's led FBS in pressures, in quarterback hits, in tackles for loss, and in sacks for three seasons. Okay. This isn't like a one year wonder. So I love the pick. I mean, it's Arizona has got to do this. They have to find their quarterback for the defense, a guy they can get after the opposing quarterback. All right, Indianapolis Colts on the clock at number four. Has to be a quarterback. Again, Chris Ballard has been avoiding this through the years. Didn't Never wanted to make a mistake with the young quarterback. Always was trying to 
you know, find the Band-Aid quarterback after Andrew Luck retired. Hasn't worked out. They have to pull the trigger. Ballard has to make a move here. I think Ursay is going to have a lot of say here. You know, Peyton Manning seems to be in love with the Kentucky quarterback. I'm not on the bandwagon with this, but I know Peyton Manning has some pull in the Indianapolis Colts organization. I think they're going to take Will Levis here from Kentucky, and it's not going to be Anthony Richardson, who I believe would be a very good fit in the new offense. So I think it's Levis here at number four to the Colts. A little side note, I believe on ESPN Plus, there's a series of all uh, four of the top quarterbacks uh, with the Mannings, the entire family, uh, throughout the season, Archie, uh, Eli, Peyton, and I I watched the, the one the other night with Will Levis, and I absolutely concur. Or that they they love him. Uh, they had him down at the Manning Passing Academy. They loved him there, uh, and Archie for sure. But I'm sure you know Peyton. You know, same type of guy, big dude, whatever. So here we go, Colts. All right, so Seattle's sitting there at five, and and again, I, I, there's some, maybe some smoke that they were. I mean, they went to all the quarterback pro days and so forth. I would think that maybe again that was to drum up some interest in teams perhaps trading up to that spot um, that if you really want Anthony Richardson, this is the spot, but I we're sticking and picking here. I'm going to go and Alex may lose his mind here, folks. I just want to prepare you for a second. I got Seattle taking the Georgia Bulldog Jalen Carter every day. Every day plus Sunday if he's sitting there at five. It's a tough one. I've said this a couple of weeks ago. It's tough for me to think that Pete Carroll and that front office will pull the trigger on this Georgia Bulldog. Um, He is a talented player, but I think they've been burned before. And I just think that I, I have my doubts that he, I think he'll still, he'll go in the top 10. I said a couple of weeks ago that he won't. I think he will, but this isn't the spot for him. But again, it's the best player available type of thing, and and they go with you know Jalen Carter here. All right, Detroit Lions. Um, I think there's only one logical explanation. I think corner at six is too high. I don't see a corner for myself in the top ten. I don't see a guy that's worthy of this pick. Sure, someone is going to pull the trigger on a guy, but I don't think it's going to be Detroit. Okay, they've been burned before in the past, a few years back when they take a, when they took Akuda with that third overall pick, and now they traded him to the Atlanta Falcons because it didn't work. It's a different regime, it's a different front office. I get it, but I think they'll go and address the defensive line again, make them even stronger there. I know they drafted Aiden Hutchinson last year at number two. I think they go with Tyree Wilson here from Texas Tech. The the wingspan, the athleticism, the production this year. I think he's the type of guy that you can use on the edge or you can move him inside because he can play there as well, just like what they did with Hutchinson uh, during his rookie season. So for me, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech is the pick for the Lions at six. 
All right, so here's where things are going to get get a little interesting. Again, these teams are looking at Anthony Richardson are just like clamoring. Tennessee, Tennessee's calling the Raiders right now. Uh, hell, Atlanta might be calling them, but Tennessee for sure. Maybe even Minnesota. Uh, now they'd be making a monster move from 23, but with uh, the Raiders sitting there, I mean, this defense is just has just been historically awful, and Witherspoon. Is, is a pretty highly rated corner. Christian Gonzalez is a more compelling, a little bit longer, so forth, but you're, you're seeing Mahomes twice a year. You're seeing Herbert twice a year, Russell Wilson twice a year. We don't know what Russell has left, but I think since it looks like I've got Witherspoon up a little bit higher and Detroit didn't take him, which I thought maybe they would, but let's go with Witherspoon here, corner from Illinois. I think it's a good pick. He's my top corner on the board. So, yeah, we, you know, if you weren't going to take um, the Falcons, th- that would have been my pick at number eight with with Witherspoon there. All right, so the Falcons. Um, I think they'll consider a quarterback here. I think, you know, they might, like, look into Anthony Richardson. I think B. John Robinson would be a great pick here. Like, he would be a very good fit. Even though Algier had a good like half of the season for the Falcons, but I just think that Robinson would give him that extra dimension on on offense that Arthur Smith is looking for. The the only pause I would have there is, I mean, do you are they good enough a team to drop in that running young running back? And it's almost like you're going to use up all his carries or the tread on his tire while you're still not a very good team. I mean, it it, makes sense. I mean, does that does that make sense? Where it may, and again, I don't. It's he's a great player. This I, I think he's more than valuable enough to take with the eighth pick. But it, that's the only like, the only thing that is kind of giving me pause as far as he was concerned was that it would it would be better. I mean, if your team was kind of set, they can beat up tire. Tyler Algier for a couple more years before they bring in somebody else. Uh, it just, I mean, to me, it almost seems like Richardson is just kind of, I mean, they're daring him to, to pick Anthony Richardson here. I would love Robinson here just because Arthur Smith was so successful with Derrick Henry when he was right. his offensive coordinator with the Titans. I think he might see like a, this type of player here. And then he, he can pair him up with Algier. And it would just make him more valuable. And, you know, the, the offensive weapons for that team to make Desmond Ritter's life a lot easier. Because Ritter is a game manager, is a caretaker. He isn't a guy that they're going to trust to throw the ball 40 times a game. So they want to rely on the running game. And that's why Robinson makes too much sense here. I, I get all the, is that the we're pick? not good enough. Are you, What's that? Is it on the? Did you write? Did you sign his name on the card? I'm not going to. I'm trying to make a case. I'm trying <laughs> to like talk myself into this, but I just think it's not going to happen. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon. I think okay. The, I think right. the Falcons yeah. need help. A corner. I think it's also a pressing need for them, especially they need, in that. They need help. They need help help everywhere i mean quite frankly right Agreed. I mean, but i was trying to i was trying to make it suspenseful lou i was trying yeah, to like okay. you know make a case for robinson there yeah the, the running back from texas but i just think they're not gonna do it 
So I'm going with uh, the Oregon corner, Christian Gonzalez there. So now how, I mean, how fortunate right now is Ryan Poles, okay? Brand new, brand new GM, you know, last year, I mean, he's sitting there, he's got Justin Fields, which again, you know, jury's still out. We don't know what's happening there. You've got Anthony Richardson sitting there. You've got Bijan Robinson sitting there, you know, as far as you're looking from on the offensive side of the ball. You made the trade, so you kind of got the hall of picks plus DJ Moore. So you got kind of those skilled players. Would it make sense if you feel comfortable that, hey, Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields, uh, similar, I guess, or you feel Anthony Richardson has more upside? What kind of stones do you think it would take to pick Richardson right here? And kind of now maybe or you're already on the phone trying to, to shop uh, Justin Fields out of town and bring Richardson in. Wow, that, that would thing? be that Is would that be, a- you know, for for this GM. That would like, you know, the the whole Windy City is going to explode. You know what I'm saying? Like if that happens and if he decides to pull this move, then he has to maneuver and trade Justin Fields during the draft so he can gain another first round pick and maybe another, you know, day two pick. So that would that would take a lot of balls for Ryan Poles. It's it certainly would. And I don't know. I mean, that that's that's the it would be very interesting obviously you know things would like go nuts on espn on nfl network they guys are just their heads would pop right (laughs) but it's one of those things you know is it a conversation that's going on in in the chicago war room hey if this kid falls what what are we thinking here are we you know do we do we go look to move down again because right now tennessee i don't know that they would i mean unless they just wanted to make sure hey let's trade up to nine to make sure nobody else comes up ahead of us if they really like Richardson right or maybe they don't like him at all I mean this is this is kind of at this point now that Richardson has has fallen and again our percent or my perception is he has fallen maybe he hasn't fallen at all and he's more of a mid mid first round pick but Chicago's got a very intriguing look here they keep swinging and missing on these offensive linemen, but you've got, you know, this guy in your backyard. I'm going to go with Skaronsky. I, I could see them easily taking Bijan Robinson. They got Khalil Herbert, but again, you know, Robinson is a much different player, but again, by the same token, do you want to use up his prime on a team that isn't that good yet? So maybe bolster the offensive line, help the running game that way versus bringing in a superstar running back. So let's go with Skaronsky there from uh, Northwestern. I love the pick. I, I would love to have this player on this on my team. It doesn't matter where he plays, tackle or guard. All right, he's not. He doesn't have the prerequisite for a left tackle just because his arm length is is very you know below average. But he's got great feet. All right. And he's a tough son of a gun, especially in the run game. He's a technician. I I love that. You got to have quick feet to counter the fact that you might not have, you know, 34 or 35 inch arms. So I I would love to have him on my team. Skaronsky, I'm a big fan. 
And even if you plug him in at guard, he's going to help your run game and he's going to protect, you know, Justin Fields and keep him upright. So I like the pick here. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles at 10. Again, Robinson be a great pick here, but I'm not sure Roseman would ever do that. Okay. He would never do that here. I think Roseman they've is never, looking... they've, ne they've never done it. The, yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I think it's kind of really out of character here. It's just, it happens, but a couple just... weeks ago, I brought that up and thought, Hey, you know, this would be because it's a luxury pick for, as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they know their team needs better, better than me. And that, sure. Obviously that's you know, captain obvious, but this would be just a, I guess somewhere. if you say this team is good enough, this is a superstar running back, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley type guy who's in your division and you get him for five years and say, let's roll, man. I think, oh, man, that, that the NFC East and the rest of the NFC would be thinking this is just like highway robbery. I think so. I think that would make their team a little bit stronger and even tougher. I mean, they're, they're already the favorites in the NFC as far as I'm concerned. Robinson would just make them even more dangerous there with Jalen Hurts. Uh, the things that they can do with their running game and just take it to another level. I think they go defense here. I'm going to go with an edge player. I think Roseman loves guys that test well, guys that look good because he feels like that that defensive staff, they can develop them. This guy isn't a Another shoe dog. In. Another, give us yeah. a dog. Yeah, another Georgia Bulldog here. I'm going with Nolan Smith here. I think Roseman loves these types of edge rushers, guys they can they can contribute, they can get to the quarterback. They they feel that they can fine tune him, that they can develop him. So I'm going with another Georgia Bulldog here at ten. So I guess the conventional wisdom is Tennessee is like out of their minds right now. I, again, that's just kind of the perception, and I guess I'm going to go with it. I mean, the, the the ceiling is so high with this kid. Uh, Lack of experience, I get it. Is Tennessee, you know, they've got a lot of holes on this team, but I don't think they can pass this up at this point. So I'm going to go with Anthony Richardson here. All right, so that leaves the Texans. At another pick for the Houston Texans. I already had them taking C.J. Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State at two. They come back here at number 12. Why not take his teammate? I, the Texans need help at the wide receiver position, okay? And they need help at a lot of positions. But I just think a lot of the edge players are out of this. And why not take my best wide receiver in this draft, my top guy, Jackson Smith Jigba from Ohio State. I realized that he missed most of the season with an injury, but he tested well. And, you know, that Rose Bowl game, I can't get it out of my mind. And Ohio State wide receivers, they're pro-ready. Brian Hartline just gets these guys ready. They know what it takes to be an NFL receiver before they even get to camp. So I'm taking JSN. He's the pick here at 12. All right. Yeah, that, I like that a lot. I mean, obviously, teammate, make that guy even more comfortable you know, coming into a new situation. Um Okay, so here you got the Packers now with a flip. They flipped with the Jets. Uh, so now they're they're on the clock at 13. And we're looking for some pettiness 
between Rodgers and Gutekunst. And if you saw the uh, the presser after the trade or whatever, he used words like disappointment and so forth as far as the lack of communication from, from Aaron to him. So maybe he's taking this a little personally, although they're still conservative. So I don't know if they, you know, if they have a receiver that's rated this high, but they got to have one of these tight ends rated pretty high. And I think Kincaid from, from Utah is going to be the guy. Mayor could be club, but I'm going to go with Kincaid from Utah to the Packers here. So you're taking the tight end here to help Jordan Love. Absolutely. And it's also the middle finger to Aaron Rodgers saying, we'll get this guy some help in the first round on the, uh, you know, as a, as a pass catcher, maybe not a, a wide receiver. They may not be as high on, on these other receivers. Uh, so maybe in Jigba, I don't know, but can, Kate, I think fits the bill here. All right, number 14, we've got the Patriots on the clock. I have no idea what Bill and, and that company will do, honestly. It could be a number of things. But the one thing that I do know, the Patriots do well with offensive linemen in the first round, okay? They've always had success. And sometimes they take guys that are not rated that high. I mean, like last year with Cold Strange, and they develop it and turn into good players. I think there are a lot of offensive linemen on, you know, that are rated very high on their board. And I'm going to go with my highest rated offensive lineman since you took Skaronsky. I'm going to go with Paris Johnson Jr., another Ohio State player. He's played left tackle. He's played guard. I think you can move him around. He's a versatile guy. I think the Patriots will know what to do with him. He can play left, right, guard, whatever. He could play all four positions except for center. So I think Paris Johnson Jr. would be a very valuable pick here for the Patriots just because they need to, you know, shore up that offensive line. So maybe this is where the the run starts. I got to believe that's where the Jets are looking is offensive tackle. And uh, I'm feeling Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Obviously, I mean, the pass-heavy offense smooth mobility size. I mean, he's got everything. I mean, this would be like the perfect pick for some teams at the bottom, especially the last pick in the first round, but he's not lasting. And I don't think they're trading up this high for an offensive tackle. So let's go Darnell Wright. Well, I think this is going to be a run on offense. It's starting. It's just starting. And there are a lot of guys that I think on that list and, um, at 16, the Washington Commanders. This is a tough one for me. I just think, you know, Washington could go in a number of directions. I, I don't think they're going to go offensive player. Can't imagine that, to be honest with you. I think they need to address the defense. I'm looking at cornerback or maybe safety. There you go. I, I'll take a safety here. A guy that's versatile. A guy that can play safety. A guy that can play in the slot. These guys are, are valued very high now. I mean, uh, the, the scouting community in general loves guys. They can play multiple positions. Roll Tide. So uh, yeah, I'm going to go with an Alabama player, Brian That's Branch, right. at 16. I have to stop tipping the picks. I think the league has uh, kind of frowned upon that and it warned everybody uh not that i have any clue but uh, i just thought that would be a funny thing to say chris so. berman chris berman used to tip off all the picks <laughs> up there. used to be 
and now you're you're turning into yeah into right that guy. i mean he was always there was a, the, the cab driver had the pick or whatever but it's they all they get them before it gets announced and that's the whole thing is these guys you know they get the, they, they tweet and they tweet them out so it's like if you want to be surprised or whatever don't stay off of social media because there'll be guys that'll that'll tip the picks okay so uh 17 the pittsburgh steelers i know they, they signed some in free agency and so forth but this is just this just ends up perfectly for them and i don't this is couldn't be more of a Steeler pick penn state joey porter jr right there pittsburgh Steeler. he's it's tattooed on his arm his dad used to play here and now they're they're drafting his son you know who plays corner like a linebacker, okay? He's he's a very good press man corner. So I love this. I think you stole That's my pick. Pitt, he, he's a Pittsburgh Steeler. I mean, there's certain guys and there's certain teams that they just have types, whether it's you know a Raven, a Steeler. I mean, teams, you can just, this guy just fits their mold. So he played, you know, I don't know if it was high school ball or little league ball with, with Tomlin's kids. So he's known him, obviously, from his dad. And being in the area, I don't think, I mean, this, I think if it just falls this way, again, it would just be, too perfect almost like Kenny Pickett falling to the Steelers last they just sit there and wait and they get exactly who they wanted it happens two years in a row Steelers Joey Porter Jr. let's go you stole my pick because that was going to be my pick for the Detroit Lions at 18 honestly I mean I had them taken a, a corner since you know at six the Lions took Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech they got an edge player so a corner makes too much sense here at 18. So I'm going down my board. I guess I'm going to go with Deontay Banks from Maryland uh, as the corner for the Lions at 18. Deontay Banks, he's one another one of these guys from Maryland. I think we talked about it you know, right after the, the combine where it seems like Maryland, Cincinnati, Illinois, corners, uh, running backs – wide receivers and they're not highly regarded i guess coming into ncaa football but all of a sudden you know they test out of the world out of this world maybe they were like two or three star guys but a lot a lot of respect for those schools and what they're churning out so is tampa good enough uh, i guess if i'm going to stick with my theory here uh of taking on Bijan robinson and not wasting it his first few years in the league. Uh, Todd Bowles still there. I got to believe, you know, there's some defensive players that I guess you can say maybe sliding a little bit. Uh, kind of like kid from Iowa, Luke Van Ness. So I think I'm going to go there. Really? The edge rusher from Iowa. No, yep. no B. John Robinson here. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So hint, hint. <laughs> he might look really good on the next pick. Seattle Seahawks, right? Um, you know, yeah. he, he might have looked good, but Kenneth Walker was was a pretty good rookie last year for the Seahawks. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. that's, I, that's why I can't think. Look, you gave Seattle Jalen Carter a defensive tackle out of Georgia, and I think Seattle is going to continue to go and shore up and get better on the defensive line. So... Since you took Van Ness for the Bucks, now uh, I'll I'll go with Miles Murphy, uh, edge player, defensive end from Clemson. Okay, so with all the 
this is, I believe, is going to be an offensive skill position. I'm, you know, not a hundred percent sure, but I just have have this feeling. So, I think it's either going to be Zay Flowers, or it could certainly be Bijan Robinson, based on kind of the, I guess, the tension with Austin Eckler. Now they have Eckler under contract for another year at a, a very manageable number obviously that's why he was looking for a trade but i can see this maybe be in that spot so i think i'm going to go ahead the chargers here running back Bijan robinson this is like the ideal spot here right i mean it is it just makes too much sense you give help to justin herbert i mean you've got the the wide receivers now you need the running game because austin eckler's most likely gone I mean, they, they're letting yeah. you know. So, I mean, this is... I, I mean, that's, I guess, you know, in this exercise, that's who maybe I would take. But I, I'm not going to be shocked at all if they go for one of these, like Addison or, or Zay Flowers or, you know, depending on what they like. I mean, they've got Mike Williams, so I don't know that Quentin Johnson would really be one of their guys. But certainly Addison or Flowers, you know, because you've got... Uh, you got to believe at some point Keenan Allen's kind of being phased out you've got palmer there from tennessee that's kind of up and coming so maybe another receiver but yeah i think Bijan robinson would be a home run there anyway love the pick look great pick i mean tampa also could have been the spot here for the texas running back so but uh the the chargers get their man 22 the baltimore ravens they've got a lot of issues with lamar jackson they don't know who their quarterback is going to be but all the quarterbacks are off the board. I am not in camp that Hendon Hooker is going to be a first-round quarterback. I'll let Lou put him, slide him somewhere to one of those teams. But I'm I'm not going to do it myself. And I think he might do it with the next pick. So I'm, I'm also jinxing it here, even though I don't know. Uh, so I'll let the Ravens <laughs> try to get it right. With the wide receiver. And they haven't been able to get it right. The Ravens are just not good at drafting wide receivers. Oh, they love they love themselves some tight ends, man. I know they, they do. They love But they need tight to get ends. some speed. They need to get some speed. You would, you would think so. They need to get sure, a guy that can they, stretch the field. But God, they love tight ends. But not here. Not with another first <laughs> guy. I don't know. <laughs> All right. No, stop it. They're, they have to go wide receiver. They have to make Lamar happy. So I'm going to go with the Boston College wide receiver, Zay Flowers. The guy, you know, can fly. He can stretch the field. He runs, you know, uh, you know, he's very quick coming out of his breaks. And, and this guy put up some huge numbers at Boston College, okay? Didn't have a real quarterback there. So um, I'm going with Zay the man here at 22 for the Ravens. Maybe this can help repair, you know, the Lamar Jackson and the Ravens relationship. All right, so this is going to be this is the tough spot here. You know, Minnesota. What are they thinking? Uh, you, you lost Thielen, so you've got KJ Osborne. Obviously, you've got all world Justin Jefferson. Uh, <laughs> McConnell loves to throw the ball. You'd think you know one of the, one of these receivers. I think this could be you know again where one of the, where these mini runs can start. He's a California dude. Let's go. Jordan Addison. He played at USC for only one season. All right. I mean, he was a pit before that. So, uh, yeah. 
All right. And they play in, they play indoors anyway, so I don't know that it really matters. But I mean, again, just a you know, quicker quicker than fast guy, but you know, knack of getting open. Not that you would ever put him in the class of, of Cooper Cup, but I think you know maybe McConnell sees that kind of player. Um, so I, I think I like him in that spot. I mean, Hendon Hooker was certainly a consideration. I mean, that would I I don't know how. Cousins is on his last year. I don't know that they're going to bring him back. If they were going to bring him back, I think they would have done it already. Um, so certainly that could be a spot for for Hooker. But uh, I think just the value right now, Addison, at this point, I think would be a, a good pick. So let's go with him. All right. Fair enough. Uh, the Jaguars are on the clock. Number 24. I think wide receiver would have been. A nice pick here. You, you took Jordan Addison from me. Tight end, but, you know, they have Evan Ingram. They signed him. You know, they lost Jawan Taylor in the offseason to the Chiefs. So uh, the conventional wisdom says that Walker Little is going to be that right tackle of the future. And they did take him, I think, day two, a couple of years ago. But you can never have enough offensive linemen. I think this player has fallen. On our list, just in general, I'm looking at the, my board, and I think Broderick Jones out of Georgia is a player that's going to go a lot higher than he you know, went in our mock draft. So I'll give him another Georgia Bulldog here to the Jacksonville Jaguars on the offensive line. All right. A lot of dogs. Seems like that's that just kind of be the norm here for – the last few years, and I think will continue for some time. Um, yeah, they just did so much, so much talent in that program. Okay, so next we got the New York Football Giants. Uh, obviously, their neighbors made a huge splash at quarterback. Uh, they got their guy at uh, you know Kincaid there at, at pick number thirteen. So with the Giant, this is this is a weird one because you know you've got Saquon. Now, hear me out. Okay, this is going to be another one of those could get could get a little weird here. But he's sitting there on the franchise. They offered him more than what the franchise tag was over a number of years, and I think he turned it down again. Oh, reportedly, I don't know if that's fact, but it sounds like that that's the case. Would you go right? Mean, Jameer Gibbs is a, an electric player, and. You know, if you're going to continue to, to, to be a kind of a run first team and you want to save Daniel Jones and give him another weapon because he's a great pass receiver as well. And you got the Cowboys, but Cowboys have Tony Pollard. So I don't know if he'd be kind of a fit there. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to roll it. I mean, I, it's either him or Mayor. Do you have a good feeling either way? on either of those two guys in the spot. Well, you did tell me that the Giants, they, they traded for Darren Waller. I mean, we, we talked about this. So they have their tight end yeah. of the future. Well, again, and again, but as far as you know, trying to being in 12 personnel, they have Bellingham from San Diego State. So that might not be, you know, the best value for them. I'm going to go ahead with Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs. Okay. Roll tie. All right. Interesting. The, the Buffalo Bills GM and former offensive coordinator take a running back in the first round. That would be that would be a first because they've never addressed that in the past. 
Buffalo Bills always take. So they lear- they're going to learn from their mistakes, Alex. All right, this is the time. I actually Let's like go. this. I think Gibbs is going to be a late first round pick, and he's going to go somewhere. And I-, I like this pick. I like this pick. And the cur- and the current Buffalo head are looking at themselves, saying like, "Are you kidding me?" Because I'm sure they they might be on. He might be on their list. They're like those M. Effers, my God, they they weren't supposed to do that. All right, let's go, Cowboys. And I'm glad you left me a tight end. Okay, thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. There you well, go. I mean, this is like a this is like an obvious pick here. It's never going to happen. This is in stealing. Real life. This is like stealing. Yeah, it is. The Dallas Cowboys need a tight end. I think Michael Mayer from Notre Dame is going to remind them of Jason Witten. This is like a Jason Witten clone. So Jerry Jones will be all over this. I mean that team would love to have uh, a tight end. They've lost. They've lost Dalton Schultz. This is this is the pick. It's not going to happen in real life, okay? But in our mock draft, Michael Mayer, tight end from Notre Dame, goes number. Because 26. we're in the land of make believe. <laughs> All right. So Buffalo, you know the Gabe Davis experiment continues. Who knows? Digs is starting do digs things i think maybe they this is a spot for a a, a big wide a, a larger wide receiver big bodied wide receiver i'll get it out and i think this is the spot for quentin johnston let's go with the big q from tcu buffalo bills more weapons for josh allen all right uh yeah i like it i like it i, I just think that the only counter that I would make to this is that I would give him a speedster. I don't think Johnston is a speedster. I think based nope. uh, like Stefan Diggs or uh, and then you've got Gabe Davis, they need a slot guy. I think Josh Downs would have been a perfect fit here because I think he's a day one starter in the slot. And that's where he projects. Or Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee, another vertical threat, another guy that flies. Another guy that could play in the slot. So I think the Buffalo Bills need a slot receiver. Johnston is not that. He's an outside guy. I think that's the only counter I would make. But I think the Bills would take a wide receiver here. Um, I think that would be the, you know, the the position. The Bengals at 28. And you know what? The Bengals, they addressed the offensive line in the offseason. They got Orlando Brown to be their left tackle. Jonah Williams is their right tackle. So there are a couple of offensive linemen that I have very high, like Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, Dewan Jones from Ohio State. But I think they're going to go defensive line here. I think the Bengals will address the defensive line. And there's one guy that was invited to Kansas City, one of 17 players that's still here. He's like the lonely guy in the green room right now begging to be picked he's already being interviewed by espn and the nfl network and they're asking him are you gonna get picked why did they invite you so i'm gonna save him keon white from georgia tech defensive end you know the guy played at old dominion they he transferred to georgia tech he had a very good 2022 season he's still raw but i think he can help as that power rusher that defensive end he would be in the mix here for the Bengals team that, that needs some help on the defensive line as far as I'm concerned. So that's my pick here. New Orleans, this is a this is this is a weird 
weird place for them. Um, obviously, you know, make the big big change at quarterback, so that's that's going to be a new look. Uh, Kamara again, this whole I don't know, suspension thing. I don't know if that's that's still kind of over, kind of a over overarching situation they have to continue to deal with. Not that they would go running back here uh, because because outside of Robinson and Gibbs, and even that would be an upset if you get two running backs in the first round. But, you know, that may not really be a consideration for them. Uh, um, is this too high for – I mean, they've always loved tight ends down there, but that was when they had Drew Brees. Um, may, you know, Washington or Le- Porta. I mean, there's a couple of guys here, or even Musgrave from Oregon State, that are kind of wild cards. And I don't know if I if I'm going to see three tight ends go in the first round. I think offensive line. We've seen. I think the value they've they've kind of gone. Uh, I don't know that the, the other guys you mentioned, Anton Harrison, Dewan Jones from Ohio State. I think those are more second round picks. This is a tough one. I don't know. I, I'm going to have to phone a friend. What are you thinking here, Alex? For the Saints, geez, yeah. maybe maybe Cansey from from Pitt, the defensive tackle. I mean, just so you're thinking def, uh, defensive a defensive player. I'm thinking someone. a defensive player because they still have Michael. They Thomas. do love. They, they do love their. They do love their linemen. Uh, I have. A, I guess I was trying to get him pushed down a little bit, a couple more picks, but uh, no, that, that's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, they always build from the, from the lines. And I think defensive player here and any, obviously there's some value here. He's probably a, a mid twenties pick. So he kind of fits. So yeah, let's go. Kalijah Cansey, hail to pit. All right. Um, you know, we already talked about it. There are a couple of offensive linemen that I believe will be drafted in the first round. Dewan Jones from Ohio State and Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. I really do believe that those guys are, are worthy. But when I look at the Eagles, I just those guys don't fit inside. I mean, they're tackles. The Eagles always tend to reload and, and draft the best available player for the future because I mean these guys like Lane Johnson isn't going to play forever and who do you have you know backing him up there but I also look at like you know some other players that they might you know take um geez this is a tough one here for me I'm gonna go with the thought that at 10 they took an edge player in Nolan Smith I gave him that at 30 I'll give him an offensive lineman I think they're thinking about the future not a guy that can step in right away, but, you know, the Eagles are loaded. They're thinking of what's going to happen next year, you know, and I'm going to give them Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. All right. Yeah, they do. I mean, Howie Roseman, I mean, Philadelphia, just as long as I can remember going back, it's all it's O-line, D-line, and then we'll worry about the rest later and they obviously they have a lot of backups that they've been developing on that offensive line lane johnson like you said i mean he's kind of getting a little old longer in the tooth you've got uh who is it a beef jerky jurgens from nebraska that was supposedly going to start going to take over for uh, kelsey but he's coming back for another year can he play guard uh that's a that's 
that's a good pick. I had him a little bit lower, maybe into the second round. But at this point, this is where you might see a bunch of trades if teams had somebody that they kind of zeroed in on or somebody really likes Hendon Hooker and wants to get that fifth-year option. I believe that Philadelphia, Kansas City, New Orleans, I think all three of those teams would be more than willing to trade out at this point. So uh, Chiefs looking for, you know, obviously, you know, pass rush is always a big thing. They took Karloftis last year. Uh, Frank Clark is still sitting out there in free agency. I don't know if he feels real comfortable coming back. Uh, he was expecting a little bit more of an offer from them. Uh, so I'm looking at, at a couple of big 12 guys, either Will McDonald from Iowa State, but I believe the pick is going to be more local, and it's going to be from K-State, Felix Anaduke Uzoma from K-State, edge rusher. Let's go. Interesting. I, I didn't see that coming. I thought maybe you were going to go with the right tackle here because the Chiefs have have stated that they want Taylor to be their left tackle of the future. I'm not sure you can play there, but uh, I thought you might have gone with, you know, a right tackle here. Well, they typically, from an offensive line standpoint, they they normally will look a little bit further down the line. Uh now they, they lucked out with you know with Trey Smith getting him in the sixth round and they got Creed Humphrey in the in this in the second round they had traded uh, you know first round pick for Obi uh, Orlando Brown Jr. but I think at this point unless one of those other one of those top four would have fallen which there was really no chance of that I don't know how much they like Anton Harrison he might have been a consideration there. Dewan Jones from Ohio State might be a consideration, but I think at that point they would look to trade back if they like those two guys. Uh, if one of those receivers should happen to fall, like say, where are we at? Flowers went 22. I could certainly see them having a trade up scenario if they really, if they like him a lot. Now he spent some time working out with uh, Patrick Mahomes on the TCU campus uh, I think it was like the last day of visits, phone call. Hey, you want to work out with Patrick? Sure. <laughs> so he gets himself down there and he works out with with all the other Chiefs receivers. Uh, I mean, Quentin Johnson was down there working out, obviously TCU player. Uh, Trey Lance was there for a few days. But uh, I think they might have, you know, he might be the one receiver that they might move up for. But they're only going to move up so far. They're not going to give away the farm. I don't see them getting higher than number 20. So maybe Baltimore if they wanted to move down. But, uh, no, edge rusher I think is is a big deal here. Want to get you – know, obviously, Karloftis is second year. You really don't have much – I mean, uh, the kid the kid from, from Michigan, I, his name escapes me right now. Mazzy Smith. But he, no, 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 I, the, the place for them now. As, a, as an edge rusher and, and he's seen I think he's he's really come along and, and Dana might or Dana number 50 I think 51 or whatever anyway but he's he's kind of come on and, and done well in spurts but he's going to be more of a rotational player uh you know Carlos Dunlap they signed him for you but he's not he may not come back probably not going to come back so I think edge if they stick at 31 and none of those receivers are available I think one of these edge players, even one of the one of the tackles, if uh, 
you know, if Cansey would have fallen to them, I don't know if he fits them size wise. Uh, Brise from from Clemson might be a consideration. You mentioned Mozzie Smith. I mean, that that might be one. The kid from Northwestern that I was going to mention at the at the end of the show, as far as one of these guys that might kind of pop uh, at Itomawa Adibaware. I believe is his name, uh, defensive tackle, defensive end from Northwestern. He might be one of those guys that you see that like, oh, wow. I mean, he he really came on. Um, BJ Ojolari, who is going to be one of my guys here, he would be in consideration for that uh, 31st pick as well. Uh, because whenever I s- s- watched LSU play, he was always making plays. I talked about in previous shows. I love Jonathan Mingo, uh, DTR, another one. Dorian Thompson Robinson as, as a quarterback. I think he's got the potential to be, you know, maybe the fourth or fifth in this class, maybe even higher once he gets a chance or gets into a system. Love him. A uh, couple of wide receivers from Princeton, Andre Yosivas. Height, weight, speed. I mean, obviously, Princeton's not playing, you know, big time teams. He's going to be a developmental guy, but I think he is going to pop at some point. Cody Malk uh, blew up at the at the Senior Bowl. It seems like every year Nagy brings a few guys in that you know really haven't heard of. FCS dude, and bang, there he is. He's going to be probably available at the top of the second round. I think At Perry, another wide receiver I like from Wake Forest. Again, height, weight, speed is there. Um, quarterback play was kind of uneven this year, but I think he's another guy that, that could pop. But, uh, I would say those are kind of guys that outside of the first round that can make a difference. Yeah. Those are great picks out there. I think that, you know, as far as like my guys, like the best players, I like those guys in the first round, like Willie Anderson from Alabama. I, I just think that, you know, he's one of the best players period in this draft. And, a guy that can get after the quarterback that's always at a premium. So he's one of my guys. Peter Skaronsky. Again, doesn't matter where he's going to play. A tackle, guard, just a nasty player with very, very quick feet. And I'm a big Michael Mayer fan, the Notre Dame tight end. I just think this guy always gets open and you know catches those touchdown passes. He didn't have like the most consistent quarterback at Notre Dame. He still got it done, and you know he can block as well. So I think those are my guys. I'll stick with the first round guy and B. John Robinson. Okay, I think this guy should be a top ten pick, and I would spend a top ten pick on B. John Robinson if I were, you know, the Atlanta Falcons or the Philadelphia Eagles. That's also one of my guys. And even if you have him for four or five years, but for those teams, he can, you know, become a premium player. He can become my go-to guy. And I can use them in the passing game and as a rusher. And just, we're not talking about the second contract, okay? I'm talking about a guy that I can have and give like 250, 300 carries to per season. And he can, you know, take me to the Super Bowl in a couple of years. So I'm, I'm a big, 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 big B. John Robinson fan. All right, gang. We are only, as we record here on uh, Tuesday the 25th, couple days away from the first round in kansas city if you go online i'm sure you all have if you have any you know if you're as crazy about the draft as we are uh the stage looks amazing 
uh, Union Station, the Green Room. I mean, it's just a, a perfect location. It's typically where the end of the parades have been, and uh, all hell's going to break loose, you know, when it comes Thursday night and uh, maybe into Friday, especially if uh, there's a big trade up from the Arrowheads. So, anyway, for my pal Alex, remember, and, and the other piece is remember, you heard it here first. All these picks, golden, solid. So for my pal Alex, I'm Lou. Please subscribe. Enjoy the draft. Till next time. Peace.